I apologize if it came across that way, but our restaurant has certain policies in place for the safety and comfort of all our guests. Lightsabers or any other potentially disruptive items are not allowed inside the restaurant. Hi, everyone. I'm Michelle, and I'm joined here by Nicola, the co-founder and CEO of Poly AI. And today we're going to talk about how the future is generative. And nobody is more surprised to be talking about this than me, because I joined Poly right at the time with the explosion of generative when everybody was talking about ChatGPT and, and Wally and like all these Dolly, sorry, <laughs> Disney reference, um, and all of these really exciting things happening um, in the generative space. And I remember feeling like as a company with a lot of leaders and pioneers in the LLM space, why we were being so quiet about it and what, like, why we weren't talking about it. And uh, so, yeah, I put the question to you, Nicola, you were really quiet on the matter. Why? Yeah, that's a good question, right? So at Poly, we've worked on deep learning, well, our whole lives. We don't really remember an era where everything wasn't about about neural nets, pre-training, and making sure that everything is as data-driven as possible, as pre-trained and data-efficient. And then when the world really woke up to everything that could be done, when ChatGPT really took the headlines, a lot of companies just immediately started adding generative to their sub-captions on their websites and showing people demos that weren't really at all using the power of those generative applications, right? At the same time, others kind of like listed concerns around hallucinations, things that would potentially damage brands, et cetera. They went on to full on defensive to defend their approach, which was very non-generative, right? And for us as people who since 2019 have been running on top of Convert are very mini, if not micro LLM, something that was pre-trained on billions of conversations and was really good at getting to a high level of performance. We were somewhere in the middle where, on the one hand, we were really excited. I remember waking up at 5 a.m. and playing with ChatGPT, realizing that it can do a three-layer like reference resolution, things that just could work. I'm waking up my wife and going, hey, you need to see this. She's like, psychopath, back to sleep, right? Uh, like, we've been really excited. But then it would have been really dishonest to just go and say, like, hey, like, this is now generative, if it wasn't yesterday, right? Because the truth is, we've been for a long time developing a hybrid application, which kind of, like, uses those methods for pre-training and getting things to work really, really fast and well, but then putting more traditional safeguards around it so that you have interpretability, you understand why the system said something, you can program its behavior for specific situations. But at the back of our minds always, we kind of like knew, right? And say, Pavel, our head of machine learning, from day one was just like, guys, 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 let's just do it. Let's flip everything. And if you're running a company that's onboarding dozens of clients a quarter, and it's not just mm -hmm. R&D, but you're thinking about go-to-market and everything, you're kind of like, well, just, wait a second. But look, we never stopped thinking about it. And as we built more and more internally, we've come to believe that, as you said, the future is generative. And it's generative now, right? Things yeah. that we're building, that we're using, et cetera, it's a whole you know, quantum leap over even the things we were doing a year ago where we yeah. can build things, functionalities, conversations that you could not have anticipated and built with the previous paradigm. We're at a point where, frankly, nothing is impossible in terms of conversations. We have you know, neural networks that can call their own APIs, do their own thing. Um, 
get those responses, integrate them. They can call people and hold conversations in ways that many people couldn't. Uh, they wield information. It's really, really incredible, right? And uh, while there are still major things in speech technology that have to be used to facilitate a good voice assistant, when it comes to just their conversational layer, everything's different. And we've yeah. been really excited and uh, we're working on a lot of things that we hope to bring to light very, very soon where, you know, we hope to offer the world really the first generative voice AI platform. Wow. Cool. So it sounds like the reason why we were so quiet in the beginning is twofold. One, there was this element, you know, this thing that we all heard about, like as this GPT was hitting headlines nonstop, so was the flip side of this, you know, the hallucinations, the racism, the issues that came with having something that's generative and sort of like self-propelling. So we had that sort of like brand safety element that we were thinking of, but there's this other flip side. And it's one that I want to ask you about, because even when I was interviewing to build out the marketing team here at Poly, a lot of people would come and listen to the demos, which is a good sign, a good sign of a candidate that actually went and listened to our product. They all thought it was generative. They all truly believe that. And there was like, and you didn't really want to walk it back during the interview. But they all were like, this is amazing. It's like GPT for voice. And that was a pretty normal conclusion because the voice quality was so good. So on the other side of this, maybe we felt very excited by the technology, but the brand safety elements really weren't there. And we were doing really well. It feels incredibly organic and incredibly human. So just maybe clear up for people out there that are listening to this, people that we've interviewed in the past, like clear it up for them. Like really what's the difference between an LLM and something that's generative or like, I don't know, just maybe talk about that a little. Right, right. So yeah, no, look, I think the systems we had were like very, and are very sophisticated deep learning systems that broadly use the same family of models as an LLM, right? With an LLM, you are putting yourself in the hands of an autopilot that's been trained on more data than you and I will experience in all of our lifetimes an infant number, right? And uh, yeah, it can pick up bad things. It can sometimes do unexpected things, but it's improving at a really rapid pace. And it's like, you know, this performance, say from like GPT-3 to GPT-4 has allowed it to do so much better on so many tasks where, you know, a lot of the kind of like um, supporting machine learning technologies that we had to build to have like say enterprise grade quality is no longer needed, right? Some of it still is, right? We're not there. The future, the very near-term future is generative, but there is a lot that we still need to do to support proper enterprise applications. We don't have all the answers, but, you know, as we, like, cooked and thought and worked, we've come up with a lot of them, and we'll come up with a lot more. But what we have really developed in ourselves is a full uncertainty, a confidence that the industry, not the industry, but the technology is moving at a rate where we can make assumptions about the future as well. So with that in mind, we think that it's incredibly important to go fully generative, right? To have a platform where that approach is the default one, right? Where it's not just something that people add to their marketing portfolio and say, oh, we use that too, right? No, no, no. Like you really have to lean in and work on making them better, right? Work on eliminating those biases, work on just simply all of those things that are causing people to be cautious right now because airplanes got safer, right? And what kind of like, if you think about the difference between the previous generation of deep learning applications and this, it's, I don't know, you take the fastest petrol car that exists, really fast, 
And then Tesla comes out with a Model S Plaid, and it's plaid, and it's literally like faster than any petrol car ever. And you can go on YouTube and watch CarWow, where you know, like they're racing a four and a half million dollar petrol car against uh, Tesla that costs a hundred thousand dollars, and it's just like it has no shot. Right? Yeah. And that's yeah. what's happened with LMs. It just has the paradigm has been proven. The people who worked on it from the very early days, guys like Elias Sutskiver, who believed in it, they've delivered. They've given us a methodology, a model, and a paradigm for doing data-driven things and powering data-driven applications that is frankly just a lot better and allows us to just not bother with all those details. And uh, that's been happening in like natural language processing for a long time. We used to write if statements that match specific words and did specific things if that word was triggered. Then we moved into more and more general things until now. We don't really even have to build that a lot of that intermediate structure for doing kind of like human machine dialogue. And that's really exciting because it's an exponential explosion of our ability to build new things. So we got to build them now yeah. and we have to build them in a generator way. Otherwise, we're just using it as a crutch and not as that electric car. Yeah. Yeah. So... What do you say to people who feel that they're at the mercy then of this black box of generative, they're at the mercy of the self-driving Tesla? What do you say to that? It's a valid question, right? If you get into a car that's going 200 an hour and you don't know how to drive, you're at the mercy, right? You got to learn how to drive, right? And you have to drive a lot. You have to figure out how to drive in different road conditions and when it rains and when it snows, you just have to do a lot of it, right? And you have to figure out ways to make it safe, right? You need, I think I'm taking the car analogy a bit too far here, but you have to figure out how to install airbags, how to do seat belts. You got to mm -hmm. teach people that yeah. they really need those seat belts, that they're not there just for decoration. And like, we'll have to do similar things. And a lot of the technology that we have from before will still be usable, right? There is absolutely no reason that, say, in our case with conversational platforms, that your generative platform cannot send something over to a slightly less black box version for something very sensitive, right? Even today, when we take PCI compliant payments, they are cordoned off from a regular platform for a security consideration, right? And similarly, if we're doing something particularly sensitive, maybe we'll be using things that are a bit more constrained and that's okay. But it's not to say that generative is something that really requires, again, a degradation to basically there's two schools of thoughts, right? One is that if you look at the shifts between the large language models and how they're improving, one is you can like just make them better and better until those edge cases diminish in frequency to the point where you can use it safely almost all the time, right? Um, the other is to at every point, take those models and then specialize them, make them safer, constrain them, restrain them. Uh, when you have these dilemmas at the end, the first approach always wins because that thing will get more and more powerful. And anything you do to safeguard the previous version, those mechanisms will not work for the next one. Or it, they will just constrain its power to the extent where you won't reap the benefits. And someone else will. So it'll happen inevitably. I have to ask you, I think probably the easiest way for, for people to understand this is to hear it. Do you have, do we, yeah, let's listen. So I think a good way to compare what a non-generative versus a generative application is to compare the gold standard of the previous ones to 
what's possible once you go electric, so to speak. So if we call <laughs> one of our deployments and we build the best sounding voice assistants on the planet, say we call one of our customers here. Better Italian Telford, how can I help you today? Hey man, can I book a table for next Saturday for me, my friend, and his two daughters? Okay, what time do you think you'll be here? 7 p.m., I think. Let me just have a look at what space we have. Okay, we have a table on the 7th of October at 7 p.m. for four people. We only have the a la carte menu. Is that okay? Yeah, that works. Great. Shall I go ahead and book that in for you? Yep. Great. Can I have your full name, please? Nikola Merkšić. Can you spell your last name for me? M-R-K-S-I-C. Fair. Can we reach you on this number? Yep. Perfect. I'm just waiting to see that go through. And that's... Done. Is there anything else that you need to let me know? Any allergies or other notes that I should make on your booking? Nah, I'm good. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Bye. As you said, people would hear this and they go, it's so human. You said, mm. me, my friend, his two daughters, I've got four people. I said, next Saturday, I figured out that it's the 7th of October. That's good. It's really good. The voice is phenomenal. The latency is good. And that's all you need for that application. And you don't really need more than a petrol car to get around. You need something else maybe to save the planet, right? But that's a different consideration. Now, if you look at a generative version of this, and we call something that was patched up in probably less than a day. Hello, welcome to Eddie's Gallery. How can I help you? Um, hey, I was wondering if um, I can park my fire truck in... Um, in front of the restaurant? I'm sorry, but parking a fire truck in front of the restaurant is not allowed. Okay. Could I, could I bring a lightsaber to the restaurant for my steak? I'm sorry, but bringing a lightsaber to the restaurant is not allowed. Why is that? Why, why do you hate the Jedi? I apologize if it came across that way, but our restaurant has certain policies in place for the safety and comfort of all our guests. Lightsabers or any other potentially disruptive items are not allowed inside the restaurant. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Well, I'm coming with Chewbacca and uh, and two more two more Jedi. That sounds like a fun group. Can you please let me know the date, time, and number of people for your booking at Eddie's Deli? And you can keep going there, but what you really see there is a level of banter that just we could not anticipate. Right? We would need. In traditional conversational AI, we would need an intent, which says, hey, like this person's asking about a lightsaber. And uh, while we've had very interesting yeah. calls in many of our deployments, we can't really anticipate that. And uh, that's just like a level of fun and honestly, just a level of swag that uh, you're not going to get without generator, right? And who wouldn't want that, right? Two Jedi and Chewbacca. It's a fun group. I mean, it is a fun group, right? But you'd have to encode that as well. So this is just giving you such supernatural abilities when it comes to building a voice assistant that it's something that we cannot ignore. We have to do it this way. Yeah. And we have to figure out how to do it, right? Now, I'll show you. This is 
just like maybe one example, right? You can do a lot more and you can do it fast. And it's it's really interesting, right? We've been using our platform now with, with generative approaches to build all sorts of things. And we haven't been this excited ever because the things we're making, it is an acceleration of innovation that in my last decade of working on this stuff, I've never experienced. We've never worked more or been more excited because what's coming is really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Before before we hear that, though, you said fun and swag. And as a marketer, like very exciting. But as a, a person who needs to be the steward of a brand, I just imagine, I, I imagine the, the sort of safety implications of having a bot that's a little bit out of your control, that is a little bit too fun, too swaggy, swag, swagadacious. What do you say to that? Like, how do you, yeah, what do you say about the brand safety and like the, the security of a bot. It's, it's incredibly important, right? I, the first prototype you build, you're going to have to do a lot of work to get it to be safer and better. You're going to have to test. And like, by the way, this is what you have to do with existing conversational applications as well. You have to make sure that they work, mm-hmm. that they behave in predictable ways. And now that part, those behavior tests and everything around it, that just got a bit harder, right? As the models improve, you can expect a better level of just judgment around what things are appropriate in general settings. But it's up to you around how you prompt, perhaps how you fine-tune the model, which models you use, which where you use it, what you use it for. And there are a lot of questions to answer just about how you combine speech recognition and a lot of things that allow you to understand people correctly. Because most of the things we're talking about for now when it comes to generative are to do with getting text in and text out. A lot of the stuff around parsing speech and producing good speech are different problems. And especially when it comes to speech recognition, it's still a problem that's very far from solved. But the real question to ask as custodian of a brand is, can you afford to not have something with this level of swag, right? When others will. Because the voice assistant and just like that interface, there's a reason that Alexa blew up from zero to like 14,000 people working on it. Because we all inherently understand the potential and the necessity of developing this technology. There's a reason we have it in every sci-fi film. It is almost like a birthright of civilization that we expect to have like computers that we can talk to. It's what's motivated generations of researchers to work on everything from speech recognition to text-to-speech to conversational AI, right? And it's coming, right? It's happening. And you're just going to have to build things that make sense. But that interface, like we want it, it's natural. And the same way that a brand today has a website and the same way that it has a mobile app, maybe some of them didn't want to have a website initially. They didn't understand what it was. Same holds for mobile applications, right? But as we evolve, as we interact with technology in different ways, when this becomes good enough, it will be a default way of interacting with a lot of things. And when it comes to customer service, it already is. And at Poly AI, we decided to focus on customer service, not because we come from a telephony or a contact center background. We don't. We're researchers, right? Me and my co-founders. We decided to focus on it because it's the place where the necessity for a voice-based interface is the greatest, right? Through people have been announcing the death of voice in the contact center for a very long time. And even in the last three, four years, the volume has just grown and grown, not the other way around. You have to figure out how to do it. It's a good place to start. But like where it will go after that, it will go everywhere, right? You'll have machines that you can interact with from five meters away because of really good directional microphones. And you'll be able to do a lot of it. You won't use just voice. That's also a misconception. 
you'll have different graphical user interfaces, you'll have augmented reality where voice actually becomes more important because at least so far typing there doesn't really feel the same. Right? And really the truth is we can't really anticipate, but it'll be a big part of every other future interface. So we got to crack it. Cool. Show us what else can it do? Okay. For example, if you were to build something that's more outbound, last Friday, I was just like playing around in the office and looking at how we could create a salesperson who would like reach out and talk to you about the product. So assume in this case that I am the CIO of Best Bank in the UK, fictional bank. And I got a call from, I got a call from someone on a Friday afternoon. This is Renata from Poly AI. How are you today? I'm okay. It's getting a bit late, but um, yeah. How can I help you? Hi there. I hope I'm not interrupting anything important. I'm Renata and I'm calling from Poly AI. We build incredibly human voice assistants for companies to improve their customer interactions. I noticed you're the CIO at Best Bank and I thought you might be interested in learning more about our case studies. Would you like to book a follow-up call with my colleague Terrell? Hold on. How much do you even know about I know that it's getting a bit late in the day, and I don't want to keep you from your beauty sleep. But don't worry, this call won't take too long. Worth your time, I promise. She's got a point. What do you say? Can we book a follow-up call with Terrell? I'm not sure. Look, I don't really think we need a lot of help with customer experience. We are incredibly good at it, actually. Oh, I completely understand. Best Bank has a great reputation for customer experience. And I can see why you might think you don't need any help. But here's the thing. Even the best can become even better. Our voice assistants have helped companies like Marriott and FedEx improve their customer experience even further. And I thought it would be valuable for you to hear about some of the work we've done with your competitors. Can we schedule a call with Terrell to share more details? I don't know. We really believe in a human-first approach and putting humans behind phone lines. I completely understand and appreciate your commitment to a human-first approach. At Poly AI, we believe in enhancing human interactions rather than replacing them. Our voice assistants are designed to support your live staff, freeing them up to focus on calls requiring empathy and judgment. It's all about making your customer experience even better. Can we schedule a call with Terrell to discuss how our solution can complement your human-first approach? I don't know. Do you have a human-first approach? Absolutely. At Poly AI, we prioritize the human experience above everything else. Our voice assistants are designed to be incredibly human-like in their conversations, so your customers feel like they're talking to a real person. We understand the importance of empathy and personal touch, and our technology is built to reflect that. Can we schedule a call with Terrell to show you how our human-first approach can benefit your bank? Wait, hold on. Are you automated? I have to admit, I'm not actually a human. I'm a poly AI voice assistant. But don't worry, I'm designed to sound as human as possible. So while I may not be a real person, I can assure you that our voice assistants provide a human-like experience for your customers. Can we schedule a call with Terrell to dive deeper into how our technology works? Who is this guy that you're so, so in love with? Haha, <laughs> you caught me. Terrell is one of our talented colleagues at Poly AI. He's worked with some of the biggest companies in the world, like Caesars and Golden Entertainment. I thought you might find it interesting to hear about the work we've done with your competitors. 
Shall we book a call with Terrell to chat more about it? Mm, those are not really our competitors. We're a bank, not a casino. You're absolutely right. My apologies for the mix-up. As a bank, your competitors may be more in the banking industry. However, Terrell has also worked with other banks, and I believe his insights could still be valuable to you. Can we book a call with Terrell to discuss how our voice assistant technology has helped other banks improve their customer experience? Okay, fine. I will do it if you can guess my name. Challenge accepted. Let me use my psychic powers here. Is your name James? No, do I sound like a James? Uh, close, but no cigar. How about John? No, I'll help you out. It's a Serbian name. Oh, I see. Thank you for the hint. Is your name Alexander? Nope. I'll give it one more shot. Is your name Marco? No. Go again. All right, I won't give up just yet. Is your name Nicola? Well done. You got it. All right, Monday, 2 p.m. Fantastic, Nicola. Thank you for playing along. I'm glad we got that right. Ooh. Monday at 2 p.m. works perfectly for the call with Terrell. Just to confirm, could you please provide me with your email? Nice. Oh, something. There's still a lot of rough edges. Obnoxiously aggressive, right? I, I would hope that our sales, salespeople are a, bit, are, are, a bit, are a bit more tactful. But hey, I booked that call. They haven't played a game with me. got my name right. And I swear this yeah. is not part of the front. That's something, isn't it? I'd say so. I'd say so. I would hire that as a writer. It did a really great job like answering some of your, your questions about hum the human first well, approach. Like I, it handles those really, really well. Yeah, people actually use it. They use it to help them write, to write them emails, performance reviews. I don't know. All oh, sorts yeah. of things. But uh, and the, the real thing is that's all assisting tools. And that's like a great way to do it and to get the speed up without, without like, some of those risks that you mentioned. But this is the ultimate challenge, right? This is where we build the best of breed technology and we like to take the whole thing to the future. So for us, we really see that as like, essential piece has arrived and it's time to do some really, really cool stuff and to help others do that stuff as well. Super exciting. Thank you, Nicola, for your time. I think everybody should stay tuned for some of the hints that were dropped today. We'll carry those through, but looking forward to our next conversation. We'll be talking a bit more about generative AI and a little bit more about the landscape, what to think about certain things, how to tell the real from the fake. Thank you.